Poop City isn't a place. It's the mediocrity of the American experience. From the perspective of two leftists reading the news, my name is Stephen. And my name is Charles. And our show is called Escape from Poop City. Let's talk about the escapes. Okay, well, if things get too heavy or we get too angry, we can trigger an escape. Which prompts a thought experiment. Like, what is the most Gwyneth Paltrow thing about you? And the most you thing about Gwyneth Paltrow? Or decide on the Mortal Kombat finishing moves of the characters from Shrek. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your pods. You know you want to. Who's holding you back? Do it. Do it. Do it. Speaking of slowing the conversation down, that is one thing that I've noticed about after since moving to the Midwest is like everybody tells me I talk too fast now. Mm. And it's so <laughs> weird because like when I'm talking to you guys, it's a completely normal. Mm. But if I go like Cincinnati, everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, slow it down. Yeah. And, then, like, and then I call somebody from New Jersey and like or whatever, like somebody from the East Coast, like for at work, and I mm. give them the sort of the Midwestern like pace of things, and they give me like a confused like why are you asking me how I'm doing? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, Welcome to Brose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweet. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And seated to my immediate left, the lead singer, lead guitarist, lead uh, vocalist, who is also the singer, lead songwriter. Holy, holy shit, it's Alex Casnell of Alex Casnell, the part of directors. Hey! I have more thoughts on Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> we spent so much time talking about Queens of the Stone Age, and and the reason I brought it up is because I started listening to CKY again lately, which I think I brought up on a previous episode of Rose, uh, which Alex and I agree is a criminally underrated band. Uh, it sort of it got their their start from, but also were like sort of unfairly maligned from the relationship with Bam Margera, and that got me on to because like there's some there's some some musical DNA that CKY shares with Queens of the Stone Age stylistically. Um, but it got Alex off on a rant about how Queens of the Stone Age is vastly overrated. Uh, Not saying they're bad. No. Perfectly clear. No. Tess, definitely cut that conversation, put it at the end of this, and you guys get to listen to me trying to keep up with these two while they're talking about music. Like, I listened to music today. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to a song. Tess, if you could also slow it down so it takes, like, as it takes a substantial more footprint on the uh, the episode. It was a compelling conversation, though. There's no questions for this part of the episode, is there? No. This is (laughs) no. No, this is when we spitball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, episode, yeah. Episode three is when we just go like, yo, you remember this band? Like, we just, like, <laughs> yeah. so there's a show I listen to, uh, the Distraction Podcast. It's like a sort of like a, a sports, like pod, yeah, sports culture kind of podcast. And they have a segment of the show, which is just called Let's Remember Some Guys. And, <laughs> and, and every guy, they, like, they just bring like, not like a superstar. Like, it's not like, oh, Michael Jordan. Hey, remember that guy? It's always like, hey, uh, Luke Longley. Do you remember that guy? And they're like, oh, yeah, Luke Longley. What a weird name. And then it's like, all right, on to the mailbag. It's <laughs> it is some stories about like a random guy from sports history. I feel like we could get away with that. Like he's big. Let's remember some. I don't know what it would be. It would be probably be look. Frankly, it would be early two thousands like punk pop bands. Mm-hmm. It would be like, hey, let's remember Zoloff and the Zoloff the Rock and Roll Destroyer. Uh-huh. Ah, how about that? <laughs> I've never heard of him, so I can't help. 
I'll Let's remember it. some Zoloff. Zoloff the Rock and Roll Destroyer uh, it came on my radar because uh, Rachel Minton was the guest vocalist on She Has a Girlfriend Now mm-hmm. for the Real Big Fish Live album. Mm-hmm. Then also appeared as a guest vocalist on two different Wonder Years songs. And then Zoloff. Oh, she was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did I get out? And then was also on the Adam and His Package tribute album. I do remember <laughs> so that. It was like there was a lot of dots being connected. Happy birthday, me, Ralph. For me and Zoloff the Rock and Roll Destroyer. What a niche, niche <laughs> reference because like it was the live version of she has a girlfriend now because i'm like oh there wasn't the save ferris person on the original yes. she has a girlfriend now and there's actually zoloff on the live version it was her mm-hmm. uh anyway if you have questions about zoloff the rock and roll destroyer <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> all right there um but yeah it's a very precarious seat uh anyway so uh the brose podcast that's where we are the brose show we are available on all major podcasting platforms we will answer your questions about zoloff the rock and roll destroyer or affiliated punk pop or ska acts uh, but we'll answer your questions about life, the universe, or anything, because that's the premise of our show, is that we're four bros. We bring our questions to the table, whether it's you know the four of us or whether it's the, the you know me, Sean, Rich, and our, our normal co-host, Tim Hansen, who's on the road this weekend. With Zoloft Rock and Roll Destroyer. With them, yes. He, she's, <laughs> he's out there just bla- rocking out with uh, Secret Circuits. Um, shit. I was, I was so busy thinking of like the, the two Zoloff songs that I can remember the title of uh, that I can't, that don't remember where I was at the, the flow. Uh, brosequestions at gmail.com if you want your question answered on the air. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Of course, before we get to any of our questions or any of your questions, we got to discuss what we're drinking tonight. Uh, Sean O'Brien, what are you drinking this evening? I am drinking Summer in a Bottle, uh, 2022 Cote de Provence wine. That says, the ocean breeze kisses your face. You lay back and gaze upon the glorious sunset while recalling the summer's adventures, friendships, and memories made. You breathe deeply and savor those special moments once more. Summer in a bottle. And that is incredibly pretentious. Uh, This wine was a little bit expensive. Uh, It has gotten better as it's gotten warmer, which is good. But... uh, it is not worth it. Twenty-two, not for twenty dollars. No? no, we've had. I've had much, much better wines for like thirteen. Hmm. Wow. Here's the again the working class thing. That's the thing. Is like at a certain point. Like I think we've talked about this with rosés, and I, I think this applies just to. Like, look, I haven't had a lot of like hundred dollar, two hundred dollar, three hundred dollar bottles of wine or something like that. But there's definitely at a point, there's definitely like a, a law of diminishing returns under a hundred dollars where it's like, okay, once you get past like eighteen, <laughs> it's like, all right, is it eighteen versus a thirty dollar <laughs> bottle? Uh, maybe I just don't have that kind of a refined palate. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I um, yeah. I think you have to be a specific type of person to get the mm-hmm. return on investment on a on a wine that's over fifteen dollars. I'm drinking a bottle of Joyful Heart wine, uh, which I've talked about previously on the show. So instead of talking about the notes on this one, I'm just going to say that the other Zoloff Rock and Roll Destroyer song title that I can think <laughs> of is pre- Plays Pretty for Baby, which is a very good song. Uh, and uh, just like Joyful Heart is a very good red wine blend uh, from California. So I would definitely recommend that. Uh, they, they ship out to Jersey. And I think if, I think it's if you buy four bottles, you get shipping for free. So get a couple of red blends, get a couple of white blends. Get pass them out as gifts to your friends. It's great. Uh, and Sean, 
you and I are the only ones drinking tonight because uh, Rich is not drinking, Alex is not drinking. So I, I've I've done the liberty for the show of drinking twice as much as I usually do. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and uh, I I don't know where my hands are. It's about <laughs> they're me. they're attached to you, but where? I I can't see them. Right Find now, out so next time on the award winning Brose podcast. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, questions, brose questions at gmail.com if you want your question answered on the air. Who's got one that they all want right. to start us off with? I got one. Uh, it'll, right. it'll go along with all the music talk we've been having. I've mm-hmm. had this uh, uh, just in the holster for a while. A while back, we talked about, uh, I think it was like our best, our, our like best, uh, like concert we ever went to or whatever. And I came up with this shortly after. What is just, it doesn't have to be your best, it doesn't have to be your favorite, but what is like one of your most memorable live event experiences you may have ever had? Uh, For me, like I have two that like always sit with me when I think about going to a concert. One of them was, I went to, I think it was the Taste of Chaos Tour, I think it was like the first ever Taste of Chaos Tour, and it was Dragon Force and Kill Switch were co-headlining. And Dragon Force was first but with the headline and at one point or another i don't know how i guess the uh the pit got so big that it knocked people over that and this was pre-ankle surgeries i think the entire crowd fell on both my ankles Mm. (laughs) and i was i just remember my friends like shoving people up and picking them up because i'm in pain with people having fallen on like entire crowd falling on my ankles and like, I laugh about it now. I remember it very fondly. It was an awesome event and an awesome concert. But it was just like, man, I had an entire crowd fall on my ankles. That's wild. The, the other one mm. that I think of, Matt and Alex, you were both here, and you'll probably mm. remember this. We were at Firefly, and the lead singer of OAR was talking about how everyone in your life is going to die, while we're all trying to hang out and have a great time at Firefly. You know, what's interesting is that I, up until the second you said that, if you had said to me, have you ever seen OAR live? I would have been like, no. <laughs> so I, do, we, I don't remember seeing OAR on Firefly. So we didn't, we didn't stay to see them. It was just like, it was a middle of the road thing. We were trying to find something to do. It was, it was the day the show closed early because of the rain. Oh, and we were at the yeah, front, yeah, yeah. we were at the lawn just waiting for the next band to play and OAR was still playing. And I just remember him, uh, yeah, what, how's it going, Firefly? Just one day, do you ever think about the fact that your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, you're all just going to die and be dead? Crowd's still going crazy, like <laughs> waiting for the, waiting for crazy game of poker to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it was just like, bro, I'm... We're all like high as fuck here, or whatever. Like, why are you trying to down the mood with everyone you love and know is going mm-hmm. to die? Right, right, right. That's tough. Uh, I don't know. Has this story already been told on the podcast? Uh, the time I met Andrew WK. No, I don't think it has. I don't think so. so. That's probably as far as a live performance of some sort. That's probably the more most engaging story I have. Is now, this uh, is not the note. This is when you saw him do public speaking? Th- this is the same time. This is the same night. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in 2016, Andrew WK, musician, did a public speaking tour where he did all 50 states. And he came to uh, a church in Rittenhouse Square while I was living in Philly. 
and I went to go see him and he did his whole, uh, he did his whole motivational speaking thing. And then he did a Q and a with the audience. And after he's performed, he sat down at a table at the back of the church and waited and talked to every single person that wanted to talk to hmm. him, which was rad. Um, and there was people, I mean, just lined up all around the place. And probably, I don't know, maybe a hundred people, something like that. I'd, I'd stuck around for this. And he talked to him for like a solid 10 minutes each or whatever. Like, there's a guy in front of me who's like inviting him to his wedding and he's like, Oh, thank you very much. I'm, you know, consider this and maybe recording at that time, but you know, have done this type of thing before, you know? So, <laughs> and like, so he's, he's very earnest, very, like very sweet guy. And I got up to him at a certain point and I told him, um, I didn't have any, like, I didn't bought any merch or anything like that, but I just had my notebook with him. I said, my big brother is getting ready to uh, propose to his fiance and they're both really big fans of yours. And he, um, and the, you know, I've been, you know, we've both been fans of yours since we were kids and now like you met this girl and then she really likes you as well. And he goes, Oh, well, thank you for making me a part of your family experience there. And then, and then I said, well, I was just wondering if you could maybe write them a note. They weren't able to be here tonight to, you know, sort of, you know, encourage them in the, this new journey they're going on in the relationship. And he goes, oh, okay. And uh, you think she's going to say yes? I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, okay, good. So he takes my notebook from me and he has a Sharpie there and he sits and he just writes a little bit and he thinks about it a little bit more mm. and he writes a little bit more. He sat, he probably sat with it for a good two or three minutes, writing out this note. And then he ripped uh, the hands of the notebook back to me. And he's like, hey, thanks man. Have a good one. And uh, you guys still have it, right? Yeah. So it's, it's hanging up in our room. Uh, <laughs> and it, I, if I recall correctly, the verb is like, yeah, I hope you enjoy like a wonderful life of partying together yeah. and it was, it was it's great it was like we got it like the day after we got engaged because we got together uh for for lunch it was like a family thing and alex got gave that to us like the day after uh i proposed and it was a, it's an amazing gift and, yeah. and they told me the whole story of it afterwards and like the fact that he had that like pregnant pause while he was like trying <laughs> to write out the note like it's very andrew wk the only That's awesome. other the only other addendum I would have to that would be the other weirdest concert experience I had was also Andrew WK. Yep. <laughs> it was the time we saw him at the note at in the Westchester. Note. Yep. The RIP the note. Mm. And at some point in the show, amidst all of the bizarre things that happened, there was no security and somebody dressed as Santa Claus jumped on stage and mm. started doing push-ups. Mm. And instead of anybody kicking him off, Andrew WK noticed that the guy was there and just started counting. And got the whole crowd to like cheer him on, like 10, yeah. 11, 12. Yeah. And at a certain point, he goes, Holy smokes, that's like 27 push ups by Santa. It's <laughs> like... a good show. Anyway, that's enough about it. The, the, the note, the, that was a fun show. The opening act was atrocious, horrendous. Uh, and NWK was typically very good. It was amazing. Uh, Sean, what's the best live experience that you've had or concert experience? Um, uh, so I, when I was in college, Carnegie Mellon, like, if you don't know, if you're listening to this and you're young or whatever, uh, usually when you're in college, your whatever the like activities committee will put on like a concert hmm. and at Carnegie Mellon, they had, uh, a bunch they had a bunch of bands playing and one of them was the roots and so i went i saw the mm. roots and at one point Questlove does did a guitar solo and all mm. of the lights went out and all all you could see were his drumsticks which were lit up like lightsabers or like like glow sticks and he just freaking went off for like you know like a couple minutes and I just remember it was the most transfixed I've ever been because it was just like, that's the only thing to focus on is 
is mm-hmm. the drums. And he just crushed it. It was so good. The whole performance was amazing, and it's wild that it was free. But, like, <laughs> I think, for me, like, that was, like, what a live performance should be. It was just, like, even though there were hundreds of other people there, it was just, like, me and that, and that was all it was. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was just, like, fully, I was fully keyed in. And I think mm-hmm. that that doesn't happen super often, where you're just, mm-hmm. like, you know, you get kind of, like, tunnel vision, but in, like, a good way. Where you're like, this is I'm exactly on the same wavelength as what's going on. Mm. That is very cool. I've never seen the roots. That'd be a lot of fun. That's dope. I'm gonna go to Roots picnic one of these years. Finally, I saw the roots at the free concert in the Parkway on Fourth of July when I was like 18. Oh, yeah? It was the roots and Jazzy Jeff. It was like the most <laughs> of course. Thing possible. <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff, of course. No wonder yours were there just waiting. Like, yeah. It's gonna be our chance. Uh, boy, I, I've. I, I can't do. I can't say the freaking Enter Shikari concert at TLA again because I feel like I've talked about that concert like five <laughs> or six times. Anytime we talk about the best live shows, I'm like, oh, it was that time. And you know, Enter Shikari at the TLA was just the wildest show I've ever been to. The first time you and I saw Enter Shikari, Alex, uh, was also at the TLA, different tour. Oh, I thought um, that was the one you were referring to. No, no, I was talking about the Minesweep one. Minesweep was great. So the Minesweep one is the one I usually talk about. The the, T, the one at the first. So Andrew Shikari came and played at the TLA twice. Uh, I'm sure they played it more often, but we saw him twice. And this is when I I first gotten back into them. Andrew Shikari is this British, like basically like a hardcore band, but they are, they're they're sort of all over the place. They're very politically motivated, socially motivated, um, but they do these like very like bananas live shows. And so I had listened to them a little bit in high school, fallen off of them a little bit. And then right after college, I, they had come out with a new album. I'm like, I'll try this out. I'm like, wow, this is real heavy. If you're looking for like a, an, a comparison, it's like if bring me the horizon, we're good. Sorry, Tim. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but it's in that vein. And so I sent them these doubts. And then at some point I was like, let's just go see them. They're playing at the TLA. They never come to the U S they're rarely here. And, uh, that was an exhausting show, but it was so much fun. Uh, like it was just energy the entire time. They closed with like a really like obscure song from their first album. That's just him screaming the entire time. And then they closed with a, the song Zonked, which is just more like bananas energy. Like it was, it was back when I was still like moshing at a lot of shows. And so it was like a lot of like shutting back and forth and, that was a lot of fun. They, when, if I remember correctly, they closed with Zonk, and at the end of the mm-hmm. song, Rory C threw his guitar up in the air and just walked away. Yeah, and it landed on the headstock and ripped half the tuners out of it. It's possible. Yeah. I remember seeing his guitar tech walk over and pick it up and go like, "What?" Like, <laughs> someone in the someone in that band winds up in the crowd every time they play. Yeah. Like it's either the bassist or the lead singer or or what have you. Uh, somebody winds up in the crowd at every one of those shows, which is which is great. Uh, apart from that, apart from like Andrew Shikari, which is just like. The, the like I've seen like good like punk rock shows which are they have a ton of energy to them and the crowd's really into it and I've seen a lot of shows where like musically I'm really into the band I think there's like Andrew Shikari shows are the perfect marriage of like that kind of energy plus like I'm genuinely interested in the music um as far as other like just really good live performances I mean I kind of go back to the first show that you and I saw at the Electric Factory the Mastodon Against mm-hmm. Me show because that was another one where like it was, we had very little frame of reference or at least I did of like what uh you know a theater rock and roll show is supposed to sound like and that was 
a blast. And like against me, put on a great, we picked like two phenomenal bands to mm-hmm. be like, this is our first show. We're going general admission, you know, way up at the front, all that. Uh, and against me, like one of the most renowned punk bands of the, the 21st century and Mastodon, like the most renowned metal band of the 21st century, the same show. Why were they together? Fuck if I know, but they were great. Uh, and, uh, and I, and I also shoved Alex in. So, <laughs> so, so the, 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 there are a couple of opening acts and like they varied and uh, the first band was these arms are snakes. It's, they were bad. Uh, and then cursive played and I didn't know who they were at that point. I still haven't really listened to them, but I'm familiar with them, their name now. And then against me comes in. It's like this great mix of people. It's a, you know, a, you know, guys and girls, men and women, all this other stuff. And like, I, we were there as me and my brother and, uh, a friend of ours, uh, my friend, John, who I had, um, who we didn't know were com- was coming. We just ran into him there. He was there to see Mastodon. And so we're all just sitting there and we, we notice after against me finishes their set, we start looking around. We're like, um, it, where, where'd all the women go? <laughs> and like, is this slowly starts trickling out. It's like also it, it, for a matter of fact, where'd all the like kids go? And like the only people who are left were like 40 year old white dudes in flannel, <laughs> like, and like big white dudes in flannel too. And so like the mosh pit for the against me set is like, Oh, okay. It's a bunch of people our age. And then the mosh pit for the mass on <laughs> set is like a bunch, a bunch of dudes who like woke up and started drinking like Bud Light <laughs> first thing in the morning. Um, like just, you know, got to the show fresh off their shift at the lumberjack. Uh, <laughs> what do lumberjacks do? Um, they cut down trees. Shift they shifted the lumber. They shifted the lumber yard factory. Yeah. The lumberator uh, <laughs> and, and uh, the lumber yard. Uh, they, just, they just they got home. Yeah, they're, uh, they're up in the trees, something like that. Um, and a bunch they, of arborists. Yeah, a bunch of arborists. <laughs> they beat the shit out of us, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so this is a very like a hefty crowd. So yeah. that was fun. Don't let me talk about blue collar work while I've been drinking. This is where I reveal myself very well. It's like, ah, where are the lumberjacks? Yeah. You know, where they they do their thing. Oh. Yeah. Kaz is at that point. He's talking blue collar work. We got to cut him off. Yeah. They yeah, jacked yeah, the my, my common man rankings are plummeting right now. I'm <laughs> just like, you know. Um, yeah, anyway. The plumber's uh, plum. The plumber's plum. Yeah, the plum factory where the plumbers <laughs> do their thing. Yeah. That'd be bad. My grandfather was a plumber. It'd be real rough if I started messing up stuff about that. Like, <laughs> um, any other live shows? Yeah. Memorable live events. I did. I uh, I went to see. It was Metric against me and Silver Sun Pickups, and I was right at the front. And it was fully like Silver Sun Pickups were fine. They had that their drummer has his crash like way freaking up here for some reason, but like against me fully blew me away. They were so good. Mm-hmm. Just abs- mm-hmm. I think so consistent, mm-hmm. just all of them. Fantastic, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. That really, cause they were always like in the, they were, they were one of those bands before that show that I was like, mm-hmm. I knew of and I knew how important they were to the musicians that I liked, but I never like took the time to listen to them. And then mm-hmm. after seeing them, I was like, oh, fuck this. And then, you know, listen to Against me opened, and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Against Me opened for Jimmy World and the Gaslight Anthem years ago. And we saw them at the the man. And um, and I think my wife and I were traveling up from North Carolina. 
and uh, and we were meeting you there, Alex. And we we Jen and I got there late, so we missed the against. We said I could hear them playing like white crosses from the from the parking lot. Um, but in, coincidentally, that night, uh, the drummer for the Gaslight Anthem had like a personal uh, emergency and had to leave. And so the drummer for Against Me went and played the Gaslight Anthem set, uh, which was funny because Brian Fallon made a point to point out like two or three songs in that the drummer for Against Me did not like the Gaslight Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as it, like did not like the music. And he was like, it was like Adam Willard, I think was the drummer's Willard, name. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, and Adam's helping us out, even though Adam has made a point to let us know that he doesn't like our music. And like Adam's on stage, like very openly shaking his head. <laughs> he can't stand it. He's helping him out. So, um, all right. Tim Hansen has, uh, sent us a final question here. Uh, Tim Hansen traveling this week. He's up in uh, Staten Island on Colin Jost and Pete Davidson's ferry. Uh, but he sends us this question. What is the biggest company lie, quote unquote, you've ever experienced or know about from work? And he said, gives us an example. Mine is about all the recycling at different jobs that literally get thrown in the same trash as everything else. I'm looking at you, Wawa. Tim, calling out Wawa for just tossing all the recycling into the, the landfill. So. <laughs> What work lie have you experienced? It seems like Tim is just settling scores with this question, <laughs> which is fine. But uh, but have you guys experienced a work lie at any of your workplaces? That's a good question. I mean, Not my work lie, Matt. No, nope. <laughs> nope, never, never, zero. I, Not at my current place of employment. That's no. for damn sure. You're goddamn right, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, every everywhere I've ever worked, I've always said that they care about their employees. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um. So uh, when I worked, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I can't say anything about where I'm working now, or even where I worked before, because they're just big companies, and they fall into the pitfalls that all big companies do. You know, it just mm. is. It is what it is. We live in a society. But at Edible Arrangements specifically, we would tell whoever called that they're... If you if you order a fruit basket for a big holiday, like Valentine's Day, um, Mother's Day, all the big flower holidays... You are 1 million percent unless you order, even if you order the day of, you're not getting like something that's made that day. Like that's just, hmm. it is physically impossible. Like, and, and it is fully out of necessity. It's not, they're not trying to trick anybody. It's just like you get like 600 orders that day and it's impossible to make that many fruit baskets. But also the, you know, the franchise needs that money to, to continue to exist. Like you need to be able to take 600 orders for that day. But at the same time, it's like physically impossible to do that. So like the reality is if you order like ahead of time, you're, you're not, you're getting old shit. <laughs> cause we know, cause you know, like it's, you know, it's yeah. not, not, not super fresh, but you do what you got to do. It is the reality of the situation. It's, it is time. Time works linearly. Mm. Can I ask a question here? Because yeah. I think we're all bound by contractual obligations mm -hmm. to not answer this one. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I just thought of this as we were talking. Um, what do you guys do about separating art versus artist? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, you and I have talked about this a little bit uh, over the years as, mm-hmm. as various things have come out about mostly musicians that we like and that there's just something of a disparity between not necessarily the way they present themselves, but majorly the people that you appre- whose art you appreciate comes out that they're maybe not great people. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> does that ruin it for you? I'm mm-hmm. curious. So, so, so we've talked about this on the show before. Is It's like, I think... I've gone over this a few times. I think where I ultimately come down on this is if the, particularly if like the, my relationship to the person or if like, it feels like that's a very emotional work for them. Like the one I keep coming back to all the time when I think about this is like brand new Uh because uh, the lead singer brand new has been, it seems like credibly accused of doing some pretty, you know, scummy things within either in relationships or, 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 you know, Again, it's all accusations. I don't think he's ever gone to jail or anything like that. But it is like sort of one of those things where, um, like he always seemed like he was being very emotionally vulnerable in his music. And so when it's like, when you feel like okay, there's a lot of personality in this. Like if Rob Zombie came out and it turned out that Rob Zombie was a crummy person, it would be like okay, well, I don't feel like I was getting like the full. I don't feel like I was like emotionally connected to Rob Zombie when he wrote about like burning the American witch at the stake through the ditches and burn. Yeah. When he's, when I, I, I didn't feel like I was the one slamming in the back of the Dragula when he was writing that song. <laughs> so like, it was a little bit different, but like with brand new, when he's writing all this stuff about like, all oh, like emotionally heartrending stuff, I'm like, boy, he's really gone through some stuff. And it's like, and, all, and then it like, yeah. And then he was like, manipulating a bunch of women it's like oh bummer man like i I felt like i i mean look to whatever extent you know somebody through their music you know you felt like you knew them through your music and like maybe that's a fail it's a some naivete on my my part but i think that's sort of the line i've drawn is like if i've got an emotional connection to that person and they've sort of betrayed that that's one thing but also if they just have an emotional connection to my my personal life like I also had a harder time separating myself from like listening to brand new music and still like I periodically do because like their old stuff is really good. And I remember growing up on it, Um, but I have an easier time separating myself from them, frankly, because I have such a personal connection with them than I do like lost profits Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) where that guy's just like a scumbag. And I was like, well, they were fine. Well, (laughs) also we have to draw a distinction. The least here of lost profits is a known pedophile. Yeah, He's in jail for being being a pedophile. Yeah. yeah, He's in jail for that. But like some other examples, Um, like I still listen to Pantera, even though I'm pretty sure Phil Anselmo has problems with people who aren't white. Um, (laughs) Again, never 100% confirmed, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, Again, another one of those like there's been like there's enough smoke there where it's been like thirty years of like boy that was just a misunderstanding with Phil Anselmo where at some point maybe there's something there, yeah. um, but but look man, mouth for war still slaps and like I, it's, so I don't know like I, I have a very murky position I guess but I, I don't know where again. I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, where, where, where are you guys at on this? I know we've talked about it a couple of times, but has your position evolved or like, where do you actually draw that line where you're like, I'm, I'm putting a hard line in the sand and uh, that's I, that. I think it's, it's hard. I think <laughs> specifically in regards to Pantera, I feel like I know, I feel like Phil Anselmo is not a good dude, but like, mm. I love their music and like, 
like this is maybe me being a little bit wishy-washy morally but it's like nothing's been proven so like Mm -hmm. i feel like i can listen to them but like brand Mm -hmm. new is a little bit different i think i'll listen to them like on my ipod or like Mm -hmm. on music that i have but i won't Mm -hmm. listen to them on spotify because like you know you don't want to like and the same thing like I, if I, you're letting people know that you're listening to me Mer- versus Maradona versus yeah. Elvis, the the song where he admits to well, manipulating women. Well, not even just that, but like you're also like actively giving them money, like because they make oh, okay. they make money off the stream. So it's like, yeah, am I actively supporting this person? I think, sure. I don't know. It's hard. I have it's. Mm-hmm. I think it also like with brand new specifically like puts some of the songs into a different perspective that I'm not like huge on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's, and it's, it's very much, it's like Louis CK was like that too, where like his whole shtick Mm -hmm. was like, I'm a dirt bag. And then you find Mm -hmm. out like, he's actually a dirt bag. He's a dirt bag. Yeah. You're like, Oh gross. (laughs) Like, uh, I thought the joke was that you weren't actually a dirt bag, but it turns out Mm -hmm. you're just funny and a dirt bag. Uh, Mm. yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I, I think I try my best not to mm. uh, monetarily support people I think are bad, but mm-hmm. you know sometimes sometimes it's hard. Like I haven't listened to the, the remix to Ignition in years and years, <laughs> but like I know that song fucking rocks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if I listen, yeah. if somebody put it on, I wouldn't be like, man. Fuck R. Kelly, I'd be like, man, this is the remix to Ignition, Hot and Fresh Out the Kitchen. I was just at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> You're fresh out the kitchen. It's the freaking weekend. Uh, I, I was just at a wedding where they played like three straight Michael Jackson songs. Yeah. And I'll be damned if I wasn't sitting at the table, like minding my own business with my wife. And I'll be damned if I didn't get out on the dance floor when Don't Stop Till You Get Enough came on. And I was like, uh, it's, well, it's a live band playing it. So, but it, it was just having fun at the wedding. Like it was not, it was, it, the the full breadth and scope of Michael Jackson's offenses was not on my mind when I was out there on the dance floor. So yeah, it yeah, happens. It's it's definitely like a, a case by case basis and a personal morals type of thing when it comes to uh, potentially supporting an artist that you know might be problematic in some way, shape, or form. Like I've I've we've talked about how I'm refusing to see the new Flash movie because I don't think. Uh, because I don't like um, uh, Ezra Miller. I think Ezra Miller is a shitty person and does not deserve to be in that role. Like I will stand by not seeing that movie. Uh, that unless you can him. steal it, which is what you told us. That Un- unless I can steal it. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> but, I would. St- but even like even that is hard. And even like with with brand new specifically, it's a band. It's not just. It's like Jesse isn't a monolith. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. They all get. But, uh, a cut so it's like am i hurting other people who aren't bad people mm-hmm. because like like with yeah. with the flash yeah vince accardi didn't do anything as far I mean, as i know like like, you know, like I, i've even you know like the grip on the flash didn't know that probably the ezra miller was a scumbag you know like am i hurting that person <laughs> yeah and, but and it's like i've also like i've recently encountered like i've recently learned of falling in reverse and the song that i like a new song that they dropped i was like holy shit this is fantastic and i shared it with people and they're like oh yeah it's fine but ronnie radke the front man is fucking a trash person and so you shouldn't like well, look I, I love anybody that you want 
I was kidding. I, I think you said fucking trash person. So if I make a very no, stupid no, no, no. and obvious <laughs> joke about what he was doing. But it's, it's just, it's straight up like, I'm like, well, damn, I found this band that I liked. I found this sound that I liked. And now I have to actually find out whether or not I'm allowed to like them. Mm-hmm. Matt's first impulse in that was that Ronnie Radke's in a relationship with Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's my girlfriend. Scram! <laughs> I, I think that I, I kind of agree with what you guys are all saying. To me, what it comes down to is like, is there is the thing of which they were accused or, or convicted, does it conflict with how they presented themselves? So mm-hmm. like, I think that that was the thing with Bill Cosby was that he's America's dad. And then it, behind closed doors, he's a reprehensible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, and, and really there's nothing that would have been able to excuse what he specifically did. So it's not, maybe not a great example, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, the reason this came up most recently for me was Matt, you and I were talking about Scott Kelly of neurosis mm-hmm. who, who recently, he himself came out and publicly admitted to abusing his family. Mm-hmm. And now that's obviously an abhorrent thing to do. But at the same time, the music of Neurosis is in no way taking a moral high ground. I mean, it's tortured music. And so it's really, I don't want to say it's in line with that of a person who would be, you know, suffering from feelings of, you know, like uh, guilt or or whatever else would lead you to that situation, whatever traumas you would experience. That's really the Mm -hmm. text of their songs is Mm -hmm. that. So to me, it doesn't diminish it. It sort of contextualizes it in a way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is a weird thing to think of somebody that you look up to creatively mm-hmm. is definitely not somebody you would necessarily look up to morally or personally. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I had the same thing, like the oft-mentioned Wonder Years, you know, like mm-hmm. who had just put out a whole album about, you know, feeling a feeling of insecurity about fatherhood, basically. And wondering, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to support my family. I feel like I'm going to let them down. And then if you found out behind closed doors that he was beating them or something. Right, like, right, like, right. Okay, that ruins it for me. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I wonder like, if I'm letting him down. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, so but, that'd be tough. So, but that's the thing. So I guess it is the distinction is, like, are you portraying yourself in a way that would mm. compl- that would obscure the things that you had done wrong? Because obviously everybody's done things wrong. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no... It's not like, you know, so there's there's always going to be that decision to make, I guess. So that, mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah. how I feel about it. I mean, that's that's kind of uh, what you're saying. is kind of like with um, Rick and Mo- the creator of Rick and Morty was in a lot of trouble because it turns out he's a trash person. But it's like, well, surprise, the creator of Rick is a trash person. Mm-hmm. Big surprise yeah. there. I think it's worth, worth pointing out that he... He got the charges dismissed, but he uh, did. Yeah. He did. He was accused. But, but of again, we dismissed, don't know. But yeah, yeah. Look, whatever. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that he's not a trash yeah. person. I don't know. You sort of operate from a position of like all these people might be bad people, unless proven otherwise. And also, what does yeah. it matter to us as the private citizen, mm-hmm. unless you're emotionally connected to their work? And if you're emotionally connected to Rick and Morty, we have, we have other things to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um. Back on work lies. Points on this one. <laughs> No, no, work-wise. I mean, the only work-wise I remember is um, there There was a previous place of employment where there was a, like, the rumor was, like, there was a work policy that, like, you could have up to two drinks at lunch before you came back uh, from mm. your lunch break, which is not a work policy. It's an excuse for people who want to drink on lunch and go back to their job. Mm. Uh, so that's that's the only work-wise I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, as far as, as, far as the, the art thing, though, um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say a line in the sand because – you know, if you're, if you're, you're, because then you're really holding yourself to something. And that's sort of why it's hard because it's, it's, it's supposed to be hard to be, you know, have some moral fiber and to be ethically 
consistent in all manners of life, but you know, yeah, well, yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it's, you, it's just challenging to do. You gotta, you gotta just make the call for yourself on a case by case. Cause like, I think like streaming Michael Jackson songs right now, like you're paying his estate, but he's fully dead. So like who, Man gives, from the grave. who gives a shit? Like, and like, well, I guess it would be the the argument could be that you are celebrating his work, and therefore, I guess, but it's not like did. I don't know. I think it's 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 hard, but like mm-hmm. I think I a, an argument could be made to support Michael Jackson versus supporting like J.K. Rowling versus supporting Brand New because like you know like you have J.K. Rowling on the one side of that who's like actively. Like giving her money is actively contributing to the oppression of people, whereas brand new, I don't think Jesse Lacey is using his money to oppress bad people, and Michael Jackson is dead. You know what I mean? So it's like true. there's like a, it's a spectrum. Like you, it's it's mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. And I think you know, give yourself a little bit of grace sometimes, mm-hmm. but also, I think we have to acknowledge that it's okay to not listen to a, a band again. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like we, sometimes we have to move on because, you know, it just is life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit sucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Do I, what other questions I have kicking around here? Uh, da, 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 we talked about who we're sending to jail. Uh, everybody, great moves bureaucracy. Uh, all right, I'll just have this one. Uh, with the rise of Chat GPT and other AI, do you, for one, welcome our new robot overlords? Man, it's wild how racist it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's only as racist as the people who program it. That's true, that is 100% yeah. true. Or, for, or at least as racist as the information. That also, it them. being uh, AI is very quickly becoming like the media in the sense that, like, you can just be like, well, AI is racist. Be like, well, hold on. There's like uh, the, uh, artificial intelligence is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, ChatGPT might be software. racist, but is, you know, Journey. Casbot well, is not racist. I mean, it, it's all about. Casbot the- accepts all, all people of all races, creeds, and religions. It. I'm I'm not scared of AI. Mm-hmm. AI is at least in our lifetime. I don't think AI is going to be something to worry about uh, in our lifetime. Maybe maybe beyond maybe, but no, it's it's not anywhere near true intelligence. Um, the yeah, only man, but what thing... about Moore's law? What's that? And Moore's law. We got J- J- AI now, and suddenly it's like whoosh. Like that. This is oh, the yeah. curve of Moore's Law. It's like the moment you've introduced technology, suddenly it increases at an exponential rate. And suddenly by 2035, uh, your hamburger has opinions on the economy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I, 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 I know that there, the AI that we get threatened by in sci-fi and things like that is not the AI that we have capable right now and is not something that they see capable in the near future. Even with chat mm. things like chat GPT or any of the art things, they are one dimensional AIs that only create that thing. They only write a story. Mm. They only create art. They don't do anything mm. else. They can't do anything else. And right, so, today. yes. Huh? Right. Today they don't. 
Yeah, but yeah. they th- those AIs mm. cannot do anything else. Mm-hmm. Ever. That is what they are programmed. They are doing what they're programmed for, which is writing stories and making art. Well, and I'd say like Chat GPT is I could be like in thirty years, Chat GPT is like Skynet or something like that. I'm saying like as we continue down this road, like the technology is not there yet. Um, yeah. And I'm also not necessarily saying that as a as a terrible thing to have technological advancements in mm-hmm. AI. Like I, I'm simply as I'm, I'm being that dick who's just asking the questions because <laughs> I do see a scenario where like. Yeah, it seems like, oh boy, you can't, uh, the AI can't do anything right now except for like if I tell it to like write me a poem, but write it in Bill Belichick's voice, it will do it. Like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a fun little toy, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's this stepping stone. And now that we yeah. have something that can do that consistently, you know, then, okay, well, we're going to try and iterate on that as, as, uh, as computer programmers and data scientists, we're going to try and iterate on that. And now that we've got this stepping stone, it's going to be easier for us to try these other five things that we were considering doing and that we weren't able to do. But now that we have ChatGPT, this is the jumping off point. Yeah, but we there has been AI bots like ChatGPT for years. It's just now. Is, is, ChatGPT is better than Smarter Child, though, Rich. Like, this is this is a little bit different. But it, it's it's still in its it's like AI itself. Even with the difference from like the whatever it was he said to to ChatGPT, like it is still straight up in infancy, and for it to grow to the point of uh, um, how three thousand is mm-hmm. going to be. So it, there's so much more work that they need to do. They can, they, they're. You're right. There is a chance it could happen. Probably not in our lifetime. I, I like probably though. Like there, it could. Probably not though. It's coming for us, Alex. What do you think? I don't have any control, so I just don't worry about it. There you go. <laughs> Sean, what do you think? Um. So I think. Here, I think the real problem with AI is so, like, AI can't do my job right now. So, like, you say, like, you know, AI draft. So I work in, like, mutual funds. So it's, like, AI draft a prospectus for this fund. And the AI could do that, but you still need a person to then read what the AI has produced to confirm that it's like, you know, legally sound and doesn't like violate any um, rules in terms of like um, uh, disclosure, no disclosure mm-hmm. rules are violated. So like, I but I but I think in the near future there will be a point in which I you don't need a person like me. And I think the the actual problem is that we can uh, we will be able to fully automate everything, but I don't think that we'll like. I think that people are going to have a really hard time letting go because, like, if you get to that point, like capitalism doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? Because like just jobs don't exist. So like, what do you, how do people like how do you get things? So you like you have, you have to fully reorganize everything and I think the really shitty thing is that AI is going to slowly cut people's jobs off and we're not going to figure out a way 
to have those people whose jobs have become obsolete because of AI continue to be like exist in society. I think mm-hmm. that's like, that's the real problem with it. It's not, I don't think AI is going to like take over and kill us like Skynet, but I think mm. you're going to get a lot of people who are left behind because their jobs don't exist anymore. Especially like older people who've been in like, a field like mine for years and years. Like, I don't think in my lifetime it's going to be a problem, but I think people who are like getting into my field now, that might be a problem down the line. Cause you're yeah. only going to, you know, you're all, or like, you're only going to need the lawyers and all of the paralegals are going to be like, see you later. I, an AI can do your job. Hmm. So it's, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's just going to be the, the cynical, my cynical take on this is that we're going to make a lot of jobs uh, irrelevant and uh, those people are just going to kind of fall through the cracks. I think that's a very, that's a more reasonable fear than the Skynet fear. I also think that's also something that happens whenever there's any sort of change in new technology yeah. and it might not necessarily be unique to AI. I mean, the industrial revolution created a bunch of new jobs and also destroyed a bunch of new jobs, of yeah. old jobs. Yeah, like it's but, any, any new tech, it's basically just like a reorganization, like you said, it's yeah. a reorganization of the economy and it's a matter of as a society, how do we help transition people who's, like you said, whose jobs became obsolete and either provide them the resources to find new careers and, you know, in the new fields that have been created or just find something new in general um, and having some sort of safety net for them, uh, which is where <clears throat> the UBI comes in. <laughs> Get that UBI, baby. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but, uh, but anyway, um, but I do, I do think it's a more reasonable fear, even though I think it is, that's, I, that's sort of a general, like, yeah, capitalism. I think it's not that capitalism won't work. It's just that, as old jobs are destroyed, new jobs will be created. And it's a matter of being a kind and civil society where we're, we're mm. sympathetic to the people whose jobs were destroyed instead of just saying like, learn to code or something like that. Yeah. Any other thoughts on AI? Have you guys ever heard of Rocco's Basilisk? No. So it, it's, it's a thought experiment that's been put uh, together with a, or that like people, like put next to it with AI um, where it's now that you know this, you, you have to decide whether or not you're going to put every effort forth to create the basilisk. So what it is, is it's an AI creation that is so powerful and so smart that it will retroactively go and destroy anyone who did not help it get created and now that you know about the basilisk and know about this thought theory you are now going to be one of the people that are going that it's going to destroy because you know about it but if you don't know about it it's not going to destroy you because that's not a thought experiment that's uh i mean i I, what's the experiment i I'm not 100% sure. I've heard about it a few times. I've watched a few videos. This just sounds, this just just, sounds like a smarter way of saying you lost the game. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. Like, it's, would, if, if, if are, now that you, would you, would you be willing to try to build this thing now knowing that this thing well, what does it potentially do exist? Besides kill everybody. It, well, that's it, what it, it, it is, it is a super intelligent uh, AI that, if you don't help build it, it will kill you. Otherwise, it'll help 
But humanity. what else does it do? <laughs> it helps you, man. I don't, I don't 100% so, know. So, so, was... so, far, so far, it's just really good at killing me. <laughs> so let's say you have a ship, right? And then is it a ship, you ship go, Theseus? Here we go. <laughs> you go out and then you come back and you've lost some boards. You replace those boards, and over time, you've replaced all of the boards. Is it still the same ship? Is it still the same ship? <laughs> Here we go. If you had an opportunity to kill baby Hitler, but it's just a baby. I mean, you, you could change it. You could you could fix him. Um, uh, does anybody else have a question? Uh, I do. I'm going to try to pick a sh- short one. Right. Um, what is, what do you think, we've been talking a lot about music, so we'll just stay on that. What do you think is the best song, like a good song, by an objectively bad band? Best song, bad band, the answer is Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. Fuck, you know, because here's the thing. My f- first thing I was going to say is Roland by Limp Bizkit. Uh, Roland is, Roland is a, is a mid-song Break stuff is is an act of. I was gonna a, say my way or the highway from Montesquieu. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was it? Wait, what song? I was, was gonna say that? my way my or the highway the from Montesquieu. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Alex, what's your favorite Limp Biscuit song? Faith. Faith. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Uh, all right. So, what's your favorite song from an objectively bad artist? Not obje- obje- objective is harsh, but a this is somebody that you say, okay, this is a bad band, but I really like this this one. Yeah, song. all right. I'm not sure I have one. Roland is a genuine answer for me. Um, hmm. The band I think is bad because that's the problem is that like if I think a band is bad, and then I'm like, oh, well, I like this one song. It's like you know, it's, it's solid. Um, you know, that, then I'll typically give the rest of their catalog at least a shot. Um, I'll tell you what. Um, you catch me on the right day. I could really get into Blurry by Puddle of Mud. And I, I, I don't like anything else from that band. <laughs> and I don't think they're very good. But I don't know for whatever reason that one. That one, I'm like, all right, I, I can get on this. It comes on the radio. I won't immediately flip the dial. I'm like, this is pretty solid. Shimmer by Fuel. I. Mm. I I actually do enjoy the song Rockstar from Nickelback. Mm. I don't this thing, I don't have a, a band that I hate but I like one of their songs. I have plenty of bands that I like that are not cool to like, mm-hmm. but it's not even like a guilty pleasure thing for me. Like I'm not ashamed of the fact that I like Good Charlotte, mm-hmm. but I, I understand that that is as far as like amongst all of the other bands that I like, like it's definitely not as cool to say you like Good Charlotte as right. it is to say you like No Tom, Effects or something. Tom Waits, No Effects, mm-hmm. uh, Good Charlotte. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, so that's definitely like that's not something that I feel a sense of community with other people who like Good Charlotte in the mm-hmm. same way that I do with other bands. Yeah. But like, I think they're a great band. Like, yeah. you know what I mean, like they're just not a cool. Well, you like, make an argument that CKY is in that vein too, because people are just like, oh, they're the jackass band, and then people don't like, know CKY outside of this area. That's, all, that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also true. It's also true. It's a, it's a very Pennsylvania, South Jersey thing. Some Delaware. I've never actually listened to CKY. 
I'm telling you. Uh, 96 Bitter Beings is a is it is a great great song. Escape this from Hellview freaking rocks. All of Infiltrator's story build is great. Is 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 great. Um Sporadic Movement. Sprag uh, Sprag Movement kicks ass. That song's great. Um and even answer can be found. Like originally, I didn't like that one because the production was like kind of weird, and, like just sort of ev- everything sort of sounded the same. And then years later, I went back and I'm like, oh, the riffs on this are really good. Great album. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the CKY fan podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've reached the CKY alliance. Um, so, all right, any other uh, bands that you, that you don't like, but you like one of their songs or two of their songs? Hmm. You can get on board with it. Hmm. Nah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I do have bands that like I like, or at mm-hmm. least I'll listen to. Not necessarily like, but I'll enjoy. Like Thirty Seconds of Mars, I'll listen to some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say I love them. I can't think of a single song right now that I actually specifically like from them. But like. All right, I'll listen to it from time to time, but I know they're not very. Then people don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I don't know. I can't think of any others. It's all like alt metal. Like I'm thinking of all like the like early two thousands, like alt metal, like alternative rock stuff that would be on WYSP back in the day. Where it was like, ah. Not, not really a fan of this kind of music, but like the one song comes on the radio, I'm like, oh, this is catchy. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pick up on that. But mm. yeah. I used to be slightly mocked for my musical interests and my, the bands that I liked, like Rise Against, Yellow Card, things like that. Like, people would make fun of me for liking these bands. And <sighs> so against? I just always thought I liked bad music. So mm. it's like, I never think of, like, hmm, what song do I not like or a song band that is bad that I like mm-hmm. hmm. unstable by Adama <laughs> perfect they're not a good band but I like that one. Oh yeah smooth criminal by uh, alien ant farm no, you, you are wrong how dare you <laughs> you are wrong you said some dumb things on this show, Rich, but nothing dumber <laughs> yeah. than that. This isn't a That's CKY the only song I've ever Alien heard of theirs. Farm. This is an Alien this is a, Ant Farm yeah, podcast. This is a CKY Alien Ant Farm podcast, firmly. I've only ever heard of... Heard we're staking of our claim to relevance by being like, we're, 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 gonna, we're going to bat for these 20-year-old alt-metal bands. Um, right. is, is there a band that you guys don't like that everyone else does? Like, for me... I oh, yeah. um I can't get behind a lot of um shit. What is the name of the band? No, they did pr- Pretty Fly for a White Guy. The Offspring. The Offspring. Like I, the some offspring? of their I, there's mm. a few songs that I like. What about for the? <laughs> but for what the most part, opinion. I'm just like I'm yeah. not really into it. Mm. You are wrong. All right. You're wrong, but I respect your opinion. I mean, that's a it's, it's a band that everybody likes that you don't like. So, the bass player and the board of directors recently used the word "unredeemable" to describe Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Which <laughs> was very funny. It's, it's very funny. It's again wrong because Pretty Fly for a White Guy rocks, but that is, is a rede- it's it's very funny. Unredeemable is a great. <laughs> There's no redeeming factor for that song. Hmm. 
<laughs> in a similar vein, we were talking about um, the 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 game of comparisons people will make when they hear our songs for the first time. And the one that always makes me laugh the most is when people will come up and say, I mean, this is a compliment. <laughs> Blink-182. <Wow. laughs> she said completely deadpan. I would never mean that as a compliment. <laughs> Jeez. That's good, though. I was casting on the board of directors. Blink-182-esque, according to this person. Is it original Blink-182 or Skiba Blink-182? Whichever. Uh, I don't know. I haven't listened enough to Skiba Blink-182 to be able to tell you. Well, Except it's back to original cool. now. So. It's self-titled era Blink-182. <laughs> that's, that is Which a great era. Which is fine, era. because that was my favorite. Yeah, great era. Uh, bands that people really like that I can't stand. Uh, I mean, th- this is... Hmm. Hmm, 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 Well, I mean, nowadays, again, I have to go back a little bit, because now I can just be like, oh, these kids nowadays, they like their, like, what machine gun Kelly or something like that. Like that's, this is just a excuse to tee off on some like pop musicians that I don't understand because they're like five years younger than I am. And so mm-hmm. completely different generation. That's how it works. Uh, red, uh, the red hot chili peppers. Ah, I, I buy, oh, also, I, I like chili also, peppers, but I can buy that take. Also Weezer, both of those. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think both of them have, have some really, really good songs, but I just, yeah. I think overall they're, they're, they're my Queens of the Stone Age. Like I think, I think, like, I've, I think I've also poisoned the Weezer well for you. Cause I've bitched about them so much <laughs> for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Every time we hear Weezer now, we're just like, Oh my God, I don't want to hear Matt talk about this again. <laughs> Do you guys know that they did a cover of uh enter Sandman? Wow. The punk band. We, wow. What? So funny. It's very, two different worlds colliding. I would say the only thing that irks me, it would be any, the, the present, the omnipresence of computers and live music now is, is getting, is wearing on me a little bit. Mm. The, the notion that there will be like, I just saw Jukebox the Ghost recently and mm. fantastic band. They great shred, band. they write great pop songs. They're excellent musicians. They're really funny on stage. And the band that opened for them was good, but there's three people on stage. It's a drummer, a guitar player, and a singer who occasionally plays some keyboards and there were so many sounds that were not those instruments coming out of the PA <laughs> that I was like, I don't really consider this to be a live performance at this point. Which mm-hmm. that was, the, and like the songs were good, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm watching half of what's just like programmed into Ableton or whatever, and then half is like you kind of playing a guitar, you know, like that. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff bothers me. It's not any specific band. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. But like mm-hmm. I, that kind of stuff will bother me. It's like I'm not actually watching a performance now i'm just listening to a computer doing music which is has its own merit but it's just not live mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that that stuff will get me yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. whereas yeah. you're capable of like see what this thing i made is like okay well can you reproduce this in a live setting because i can i can go home and listen to this sure. like yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> mm. i'm trying to think of one more band that everybody likes that i don't really like um the smiths I fucking hate the Smiths. I know Alex doesn't like the Smiths. <laughs> there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. Alex is like the Smiths. That's a good pick, and that's Which is also weird, that's one that like you get indie cred for doing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Sean doesn't like him either because Morrissey sucks. Yeah. But, uh... No, I do. I that I think I think the Smiths also occupy a space where like I feel like all of the music that I like is like. I should like the Smiths, right? Yeah. Because every every band you know loves the Smiths. <laughs> yeah, and and I do like. There are some really good Smith songs. I like. Mm-hmm. I really like. I really like. Um, there's like three Smith songs that I will listen to. It's like there's a life that never goes out, mm-hmm. a rush, and a 
uh, pushing the land. Oh, and that's mm-hmm. the song that was the theme song for Charmed. I forget what that one was, but I really like that song. How and, soon is now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and okay. then uh, there was what the there's another song where it's like it's just like a story that he tells, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's really good. Mm. So, who knows? I'll see if I can find it. But uh, the one like I spit on a homeless guy. Da, 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 da. That's not the song, but <laughs> it's definitely something Morris you would write today. Um, mm. Yeah. Oh, Girlfriend in a Coma is a good song. I actually don't think I've heard that one. That's good. Remarkable. Um, Dave Matthews Band, but I think a lot of people, they, they kind of get bagged on a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really hate them either. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's not really for me. Uh, all right. Any others? Have we, do we have any other questions? I think everybody's asked one mm-hmm. this session. I think that's everyone. We did it. We did it. We did Tim's question. We did Alex's question. Three of us asked questions. That's that's everybody that's left. That's all five of us. Are you sure there's no one else? Chase, do you have a question? Bork, Bork. No, he doesn't have a question. No? Hmm, weird. I guess then we can call it an episode, guys. Call it a session. We did it. Session oh, yeah. 80. Eight, zero. 80. Yeah, you made it. Alex, your thoughts? I'm enjoying it. Good. <laughs> it's over now so <laughs> uh well so everybody thank you for joining us on this this adventure the uh, of the brose podcast your session 80 uh we are available on all major podcasting platforms if you want to subscribe to our show uh i'm still like in the back of my head there's like five percent of my brain that's still trying to think of another band because i'm like i know there's another like band that everybody like uh never mind uh apple podcast google podcast stitcher spotify soundcloud tune in all that good stuff follow us on twitter at brose underscore podcast on facebook at brose podcast or on instagram at brose underscore podcast you want to hear the latest on our show uh huge thanks as always to mary o'brien for compiling our listener questions and if you want to send your listener questions into us so we read them on the air and answer them on the air send them to brosequestions at gmail.com that's brosequestions at gmail.com and our question compiler mary will turn them right around to us special thanks as always to tess riley for editing our show to shannon vogel who designed our world famous logo you can find her work on facebook or at her shop on etsy.com and our theme music is the song when by steven siebert you can listen to steven's work at the free music archive all right time for some plugs rich sweeten we'll start with you check me out uh on twitter at b underscore walnuts and twitch.tv slash b underscore walnuts we're on video game streaming Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. In two weeks on June 3rd is my two-year stream anniversary. You should come hang out, sub to my channel, and participate in the tournaments for both Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. Um, also, check out PodQuest, the weekly nerdy talk show. How about you, Sean? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at HeyTessoB, talking about, uh, frankly, Mr. Shankly, which is the other Smith songs that... <laughs> I like, and uh, you can find me throwing frisbees at Ob Disco. Frankly, Mister Shanking some drives. Hey, frankly, Mister Shanking. <laughs> there we go. As uh, your alter yeah, ego, frankly, Mister Shanking. If you do a froth podcast, you have to call it that now. Frankly, Mister Shanking. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, what do you talk to us about the board of directors? I play in a band. It's called Alex Casnell and the board of directors. Uh, we're available where all uh, physical and digital media is sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would direct people to alexcasnell.bandcamp.com. That's where you get the whole shebang. You get CDs, you get downloads, and we're also on all the socials at Alex Casnell. And I'm on Twitter at MKASNEL, that's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L, and I'm going to plug once again our friends at the Escape from Poop City podcast. Boy, I can't believe we're going to have to keep saying that. Uh, (laughs) The Escape from Poop City podcast from our friends at the Anchor Person Show, Greg and Gene, now going by their real names, but you want to know what they are? You have to listen to the show. Uh, They're available on all major podcasting platforms. And as we found out between the break, they put out like 14 episodes already. Uh, (laughs) I think there was some miscommunication where they they thought they sent us the promo like weeks and weeks ago and and we never got it. Uh, So uh, so it's just that they finally got, uh, they followed up with us and we're like, not sure if you saw this. And I responded with, we we didn't. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's a good show. The Anchor Versus podcast was uh, a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Uh, We're fans of the show as well as friends of the show. And uh, we've no doubt that Escape from Poop City is going to be much of the same. So if you enjoyed their sense of humor, their wordplay, so on and so forth, you're going to like it. Escape from Poop City on all major podcasting platforms. That's it. That's it. We did it. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners, everyone. Bye. Bye. For Tim Hansen, Alex Casnell, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moose team. Moose. My name is Matt Casnell saying, I was looking for a job, and then I found a job, and heaven knows I'm miserable now. And to be smart about being stupid. Hell yeah. It's also a Smith song. It's uh, another, yeah, it's it's another one. I'm with you there, Alex. I've never listened to him. (laughs) You're not this much. You're missing Johnny Mark. He's the man. Morris, you can can take it or leave it. Yeah. He's a Finally nailed that down. Oh, that's how I didn't know that part. Anyway, we'll we'll close on Morrissey (laughs) being a racist. Plug that up. Tess, leave that in, please.